Welcome to the show. I'm Chris McCarthy. We have Marcus Ferro here with us as well. Hey. Marcus and I are doing South Coast tonight. This is a, uh, a new time slot for, for WBSM. We haven't used this time slot the for local. the best time slot. We haven't used this slot time slot for 30 years for local programming. So if you're just tuning in to hear Mark Levin, you're, instead you're not. You're hearing us, you can give us a call at 508-996-0500. We had the mayor in earlier. You can also message us on the app chat. Yes. Well, how do you do that? Uh, you can go to the WBSM.com app and use the message feature. So we're taking your message. We'll read them on air if we find them interesting. So before uh, we went the to last, the-, the last message was uh, from Not Bad in Oak Bluff said it's uh, only day two and I'm already addicted. I like so, that. I worst like things that. to be addicted to. There are. Think, yeah. There certainly are. Yeah. So we have um, a race going on for district attorney here in Bristol County. So for those of you who aren't aware, Bristol County is the cities of Fall River, New Bedford, Taunton, Attleboro, and then all the suburbs around this. So, you, so you're, but for instance, it's not Mattapoisa, but it is Fairhaven. Right. Uh, so Fairhaven's actually kind of where Bristol, but Fairhaven and Cushion, it's kind of where Bristol County ends, if you can uh, visualize the map. Fairhaven and Cushion at Freetown, actually, right. going up because Lakeville's Plymouth County. Lakeville's as Plymouth well, County. As well. Rochester, Marion, Mattapoisett, uh, Wareham is all Plymouth County, Carver, Middleborough, et cetera. And they have um, their own race going on. And we're, and we're talking about that as, as yeah. the election cycle goes along. Absolutely. But right now, for a lot of people, you again, it's summertime, but. Pretty soon, the primary is going to be right on top of us. Yeah. It's September 6th. It's right the weekend after Labor Day. The, the following, uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day. Yeah. Um, so it's going to come right up on us real quick. So if you like your district attorney, you want to uh, stay tuned to this. Now, it's a Democrat race. There's no Republican in the race. So the reason I, I and you can read more about this at WBSM.com. My concern is that the woman challenging... Shannon McMahon. Shannon McMahon is challenging uh, District Attorney Quinn. So I think she's coming from the, from the left perspective. We'll we'll have opportunities to hear from her, but if you just look at who her donors are, I'd like to hear from both of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's got to raise some money if you really want to hear from her, though. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The um, in other parts of the country, they have recalls going on with the district attorneys. I'll give you an example. San Francisco, they have a district attorney. They didn't like him anymore. Yeah. He let let things go. That's what happened. He didn't really let terror. things go. I mean, the, he didn't really let things go. I mean, the crime rate, the violent crime rate had actually plummeted significantly. It's been low. You know, it's been basically the violent crime rate's been at 30-year lows. It's just like, it's almost like people are voting, and they always do based on, like, the vibes. Or their life. Yeah, they have they have people yeah, running I mean, the, wild in the, the streets San Francisco, of San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. Uh, you know, the people of San Francisco on their way orbiting to work didn't want to look at a homeless person, maybe something like that. But, well, but didn't he run think, on the idea think, of not enforcing the law? I think he ran on the idea of aren't his parents terrorists? They were incarcerated. Yes, his father is an incarcerated with or underground terrorist. Yeah, his father, his his uh, I believe his father was adopted. involved in the murder of a police officer. He was adopted. Wasn't he adopted by Bill Ayers? His original father. Is in jail for life. Okay. For being involved right. in the Weather Underground terrorist um, robberies. His mother was a wealthy lawyer's daughter. Yeah. Cuba's lawyer, in fact, the Boudin family. She was able to get out of prison because she's connected politically. His father, Gilbert, was not allowed to get out of prison. No president so far. Maybe, maybe he'll get lucky with Biden, has released him. But his mother got out of prison. Um, she was a, He was adopted and raised by Bill Ayers. He was, imagine he was adopted when his parents, when his adopting parents were on the 
America's most wanted list. Right. So, right. but the but but we're not really like he didn't. He's he sh his parents weren't on the ballot. He was, and but his uh, value their values were on the ballot. I don't think I, I really don't think they were. I think I think uh, Chase uh, Bodine was running on a platform that I think a lot of district attorneys across the country. It was actually the very first thing I wrote about on WBSM. Uh, a lot of district attorneys ran across in 2016, 2018, especially on a uh, more smart on crime approach to. Uh, well, you to call it more smart on crime, but the people of, of well, San Francisco well, yeah, impeached him. Like I said, the people of San Francisco too. The people of San Francisco. What well, you got to understand is San Francisco is maybe the wealthiest city per capita in the country if not one of the wealthiest cities per capita uh in in the in the country the uh the crime rate had actually um been uh, had actually gone down under chase Boudin. the police basically went on strike they didn't do their job at all actually chase Boudin's like one of his last acts as da was writing like an, uh, an executive order to uh get a u-haul for people to for staff members to go pick up evidence at the uh to go pick up uh, all the evidence in the San Francisco Police Department because the cops basically refused to do their job there in protest of, of Chase Boudin. So I don't think that Chase, I don't think that, like I said, I think it's just like basically uh, like a vibe check because you look at other places too, even like Boston, Rachel Rollins, the crime rate went down under Rachel Rollins, uh, her her tenure as district attorney. Um, Larry Krasner's still there in Philadelphia, right? You still have uh, progressive prosecutors in Houston and I think in Dallas. So, uh, But you so know. you're telling me the, the voters of San Francisco who ultimately recalled Chesa Boudin, a former advisor to a Venezuelan dictator, um, the, uh, then, then, you know, and, and absolutely his parents' values on, on the ballot. Parents' values was on the ballot. So the people of San Francisco, they knew that they weren't comfortable with the DA. That's why they recalled him. Yeah. I mean, the only place he got well, I'm not votes, saying they weren't comfortable. Right. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't know, like, just based on, like I said, based on the crime rates, based on the fat, the other external factors, I just, I don't Statistically, think he was doing a good job. Statistically, he was doing a good job. But, you know. Right. Yeah, I know. The optics. It's optics. It's all optics. Well, the reality of it is the people of San Francisco... They did not like who they'd voted into office. So they recalled them. Right. Overwhelmingly. Yeah. But we don't have that option here in Massachusetts. We don't have the option for, for a district attorney. Because no. we know we have it for Raven's Select Board. And we know we have it for uh, Fall River Mayor. I guess it depends on the city. And we it don't totally have a new does. Bedford. It totally, yeah. No, we don't have no recall. We have no recall petition. And which I don't, I don't particularly like recalls, right. to tell you the truth. I think that it leads to perpetual elections. So, but the, my point is, is that you better vote very carefully in this district attorney's race because you're going to, whoever you, you elect is going to be there for four years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program if you'd like to. We did just get an app chat. Um, I just thought of it. You guys are our local version of Hannity and Combs. Uh, you could call it Calamity and Scones or wish you guys the best of luck. Sounding awesome so far. Love the show. Thank you. Uh, hope. Um, and I... Uh, I guess there's a way to read the rest of the message. And you uh, can participate by giving us a call at 0996. Uh, hope, hope that's your bumper music forever. Um, yeah, I think it will be. Unless the Phil Collins estate. Is there an estate or is he still out there? It's a good question. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I think he's still out there. I think he's still I out feel there. Like, right? I feel like we know that. I feel like... Someone will text me and tell me that no, he's alive. Someone will tell. Someone right? will. Someone will do that. I've, I've I've said people are dead before and they weren't. Of course, people said this about me, but the um, 
508 That's how you can join the program. Yeah, so, um, again, yeah, I, I just... Hugo Chavez is who is a dictator of Venezuela that... that He's um, dead. And that, and much like uh, Boudin's career, that is who <laughs> Boudin worked for. Now, can you imagine you, you want to get some foreign policy experience, so you go work for Hugo Chavez? That's the guy who was elected to be district attorney of, Cal, of uh, San Francisco. But the voters thought better of it and removed him. We do not have that luxury. So if you like, can you imagine having a district attorney here in Bristol County who wasn't prosecuting crimes? Yeah, but I think there's a difference between, you know, uh, refusing to prosecute crimes and maybe being a bit more lenient on things that probably we shouldn't really be criminalizing in the first place, like drug possession, or maybe finding alternative dispositions. And, and, and in fact, you know, I was a criminal defense attorney. I've worked with Tom Quinn's district attorney's office for, for, for some time. And they did do this. Uh, they did, uh, they, they did do a lot of this, but, um, but, uh, alternative resolutions to jail time, such as, you know, drug court or, you know, some, some type of re rehabilitation, which can be difficult, but I think it's preferable to, uh, just, you know, throwing people in jail to, uh, to rot. Well, I mean, what does it take to actually get put in jail in Bristol County? I mean, it depends. Right? Don't you have to be showing up to jail to to, to court quite a bit? Not necessarily. I mean, it depends. I mean, really, it depends on uh, depends depends on what you're doing, right? I mean, yeah. If you if you the thing is is is, is yeah, you can look at it one way. One, if you do an awful thing, right? You do one really bad thing or right. one thing that's bad enough to put you in jail for some time, right? That's on your record, right? Yes. So. Then the next time, you know, if you show up again, if you're getting charged with something, if there's a disposition or if there it goes to trial and you lose, you already got a thing on your record. So that's going to be taken into consideration. At so, sentencing, right? At, at, at sentencing. Yeah, at sentencing, that'll be taken into consideration and when making a plea deal. Right. I mean, it could be if you've got a bunch of, you know, little things that can eventually lead to some jail time But what is a well. little thing? In other words, I'll give you an example. So I use a lot I of... It's considered like... For the most part, like uh, sharp shoplifting to be necessarily a little thing right. and something that's typically indicative of um, indicative of of uh, drug use. Right. Something that, you know, you could probably try to resolve through well, alternative resolutions. So because I don't drive anymore the, right now, eventually I will. But, you know, I, and I, I'm doing transportation, right? As you wrote, a, wrote an article about transportation for disabled people. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that in a minute. So I've gotten to know, obviously. Phil Collins is alive from our Dartmouth, New Bedford. He is? Okay. okay. So that's yeah, good. That, that came through the app chat. So, so that's thank good. you. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. I've gotten to know my transportation guys. So this guy was telling me a story um, that his car, he lives in Fall River, He's a working guy. He transports people back and forth. He uses his own car. His own. He, he wake, went down one morning. His car were broken into. Right. right. They stole. The guy stole his gym bag. Some of the items from his from. His, and the Fall River police helped him. <clears throat> they tracked the guy down. And the district attorney's office really is going to prosecute this guy, right? Well, you know, you think, well, that's not really a big crime. You know what? Having your car broken into is a big crime. Yeah, for the personally, for the, for, for for the person, for the yeah, victim. that can be a, that for the victim that can be a big crime. Right, it's just a matter of, and I understand, you know, victims when they make impact statements, uh, that's always 
very inconvenient for for the the defense attorneys for sure because they do like that's a big thing that happened to them right but in the grand scheme of things and the grand scheme of everything that happens in that courthouse in a day-to-day basis it's not necessarily a big thing and they're always you know a lot of times they're looking for for jail time or something like that but really this you know oftentimes if you got somebody breaking into cars right, it's generally you know indicative of someone who's who's suffering from addiction and it's like right, but is 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 throwing them in jail not getting them having the getting them uh, limited treatment options and you know uh then they get out what are they gonna do they're gonna break into cars again well but they're not breaking into cars because they're breaking into cars because they want money to buy drugs right usually or things to sell them for money to buy drugs right right yeah so the fact that they have a that you catch them for breaking into a car is indicative of the fact that they break into cars right well, you can't say because they broke into one car, they must have broken into a thousand. Well, you can't you can't do that in court. Like that's not a thing you can do in court. You can't say, oh, well, he broke into one, so he must have broken into a bunch. You, you take every case well, no, on no, its no, own. I understand that, but yeah. if you if you just let people who break into cars continuously get people, away with it, well, people who have maybe broken into a car, and and again, again, if you get enough cases where someone's breaking into cars, if you get then then the sentencing becomes a lot more strict. But what if you decide that you I've don't had a guy, want to I had a guy indicted guys. for breaking into a car. Right. Indicted. Right. And the DA actually asked for 7 to 12 years. Yeah. Right? Didn't get 7 to 12 years. No, he didn't get but it. But still. But I think that if you but, had a district attorney who... but that's So you're saying Tom Quinn asked for the maximum... It wasn't him. It was someone who worked for him. Well, right. But, yeah. But, but his policy in the office was to really prosecute these people. Really prosecute this particular guy, yeah. um, you know, who had a, who had a, who had a lengthy record, but right. but to, you know the notion that people who are breaking into cars all the time aren't necessarily getting any sort of uh, you know stringent you know aren't getting really stringent treatment from the the court systems of the prosecutors, I think is, um, I don't think it's true. Just based on anecdotal evidence, you know, I, I don't have the I don't have the hard numbers. Just based on my experience in the working as a defense attorney, right. But what I'm saying is that the guy who is breaking into cars. In all likelihood, didn't just discover this crime. Well, you can't, but you can't, it doesn't sure matter. You, can. you can't say that. No, sure well, you, you can. can't. No, you, you as, as a citizen sure of, you can. Right, I can. Yeah, sure you well, can, but I can't, I right? I can't, and neither can the DA. The DA can't go up there and say, and the judge can't make that determination, at least they're not supposed to. The DA cannot go up there and say, and they never would, uh, go up there and say, well, you broke into this car, must have broken into other cars. They didn't just discover breaking into the cars. They could have. It doesn't matter. You take every case on its own. But if they had a history of it, and there's and there's and there's and there's a record, then you then you say, well, this guy's broken into a car. If they've been convicted, of course, uh, this guy's broken into this car, this car, this car, because we do have you know the presumption of innocence. Correct. Right? So correct. But people who get their car broken into, it's a traumatic event. Yeah, it's not a minor crime to the person who's victimized. Right. It really is not a minor crime to the guy who picks me up and takes me. I know because I was talking to him about it. Right. That, you know, here's a guy, he's out, he's working, he's using his car to make a living. Yeah. He's picking up disabled people, in my case, disabled people, and taking them to dialysis. He wakes up in the morning and his car has been broken into because a guy needs his stuff so he can get drugs. Yeah. Right? Right. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's, it stinks. And I know. so if you have a I district attorney who's prosecuting these people, that's good. But if you have someone who says, well, it's just a minor crime, we don't really care. I think 
it becomes I don't a know. much less enforced law. I mean, a f- couple of things. I'm not sure that breaking into cars is on like a, a lot of do not do not prosecute lists. I think shoplifting usually is, depending on the circumstance, right? Because that's all discretionary, too. But is that a minor crime, shoplifting? can be, yeah. Depends on what you're shoplifting, right? Right. Yeah. Or who you're stealing from. Yeah, or who you're stealing from. I mean, if you're stealing from Walmart... Keep doing it. Just kidding. I'm joking. What? I'm joking. No, I, I didn't hear doing you. It. I said, keep doing it. I'm sorry. Right. Just kidding. Though. Well, that's my, that's my point. I yeah. mean, if you're, if you're appropriating from Walmart... That's typically the case. It's usually a big department store. And so is anybody impacted by that? I don't know. I haven't really seen Walmart, you know, sometimes is impacted by it. But I, in terms of one particular person, I haven't really seen um, the effect of that, really. Honestly, I, I, I mean, so, well, I'm just asking you, do you not care if someone steals from Walmart? Do I not care? Right. Not really. No, I, I don't care. Right. Why should I care? Why should you care? Why should I care if someone steals from like the wealthiest company in the world? I don't, I'm not encouraging it, but I don't care. Right. But they aren't, they're the wealthiest company in the world, but they have stockholders. You're probably a <laughs> no. stockholder. Oh, no. Well, you're probably a stockholder. Yeah, maybe. I think I'll be all right. Well, you know. Is that, I mean, I guess, but you can't just have people going into stores and robbing them and getting away with it. That's a total breakdown of society. Speaking of, um, right? since, we're on the, since we're on the subject, um, since we're on the, I just think there's better ways to, to and again, I, I've worked with, I've actually worked with, DAs and District 30s, Quinn's office, good people that that have proposed uh, drug court. One uh, one of them uh, painstakingly actually uh, went through a lot of effort as Superior Court District Attorney to um, get a client. Uh, I remember to get a client who had been who had a long, long history of shoplifting to get this person into into uh, drug court because mm-hmm. that you know this this DA had been there for a long time had seen this person in particular and knew that there was a problem so I'm saying well, when you say DA you mean assistant district attorney assistant district right, attorney not right. Tom Quinn himself but someone who worked for him right. so I've seen that uh, that that's definitely happened I just think that's a more and, and I think that the the work that the DA put into it was like I said a lot of work and really went through a lot of effort. And I, I really appreciated that at the time. And uh, so I'm saying it does happen under 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 him. I think there's just more alternative ways to, to prosecute a lot of those cases. But while we're, I, you know, we've been getting a lot of interactions from the chat feature and we got one from actually the Facebook, WBSM's Facebook. Um, uh, and um, it's from the uh, the. Uh, program director of emergency services at child and family service. I want to address the mental health advocates during the 4th of July weekend child and family who does, who does the co-response program with MVPD was fully staffed during the holiday week and had, had a call been placed. We would have responded immediately. Like we do seven days a week, 365 days a year. Uh, our crisis office never closes. I think it's important to note that in this article. So someone said that about your, uh, your column. All right. So, so what, so that person is saying that, When the New Bedford police officers called for an advocate to come and they were told there's no advocates, they're saying that that information was incorrect? Correct. So that they were working, but for some reason the New Bedford police... Was fully staffed during 4th of July weekend because they do the co-response program with MBPD. 
had a call in place, we would have responded immediately like we do seven days a week, 365 days a year. A crisis office never closes. So that says a lot about some communication that's going on so during was, those, in that situation, right? So I heard the police to, being told, we don't have any advocates this weekend. Yeah. So is that person saying that, that those police this officers is, this were... Is, this is, this who, is who the... Is uh, Pam uh, Bolarino, the program director of emergency services at Child and Family Service. So that's who that's who messaged us on WBSM's Facebook. So she's saying that they were. I feel working. comfortable reading that because she met. You know, she, she wanted she that to put it. out there. Yeah, right. right. She wants to put out there. So she's saying that they were working. But they said there were people on call, but they just didn't receive the call. And if they did, they would have sent somebody out there. Well, has she gotten to the bottom of why they weren't called? Uh, this is all I've gotten. So I've, that's right. that's the exhaust, exhaustive set of facts I've gotten from her. So I'm not sure. Uh, because what happened, because I heard it on the scanner, that the police were told, we don't have any advocates. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's interesting. I think that tremendously. Interesting. I think that, that makes I think that makes this a lot more interesting. Honestly, all right, we got to take a break. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get in the program, and of course, uh, you can message us on the WBSM uh, app chat. We've been getting a lot of messages today, and we appreciate it. We'll read them uh, on again, the air who was and talk that? about who was that them. Person said that that was, uh, and this this actually came from um, not from the app chat feature, uh, but came from the um, WBSM. Facebook, uh, Pam uh, Pam Bolarino, the program director of emergency services at Child and Family Service, and Child and Family Services, of course, runs that program or works that collaborates with New Bedford Police on that program. Interesting. Yeah, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on. We'll take a break. Welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. He's Chris, and uh, actually, we had gotten a message. Uh, Chris, you know, your story about the um, the advocates not responding to a particular scene. Right. Uh, there was, um, you know, you had heard over the scanner that the advocates uh, weren't available. Well, more, more importantly, the police were told that. The police were told that. <laughs> the police were told there were no advocates available. And then we had uh, Pam, uh, Pam Bolarino, the director of emergency services at Child and Family Services, that cooperates with New Bedford to do this program, New Bedford Police Department, saying that they were there, they're always there, and that they, if they got a call, they would have responded to it, but they didn't get a call, which I think raises more questions than it answers. Totally does. But tomorrow, you'll get those answers on Tim Weisberg's show at 9 o'clock because Pam Bolarino is going to be joining him. And I'm and I do and I, and I, I'm sympathetic to the woman because yeah. if they didn't get the call, they didn't get the call. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, if you don't get the call, you don't get the call. But why were... They not called, and why were the police in the field right. told we don't have any advocates? And by the way, there was a serious back and forth, you know, between the police saying, you know, we don't have anybody, you know. Yeah. So in other words, it wasn't just like oh we don't have anybody. Like whoops, okay, right, right, yeah, yeah, right. right. So uh, I'm sympathetic to the woman's position that that um, they weren't calling, and I. She probably wasn't called. Right. But if you're the police on duty that night, why were you told there were nobody coming, right? Right. So maybe we'll get more answers tomorrow when, uh, tomorrow morning uh, on t on uh, the Tim Weisberg show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing that interview on Tim's show. And that's that's why we have um, this time slot for talk radios, because we can have these conversations and they can lead into the next morning. Right. But so it's interesting she's going on Tim's show and not... 
coming on here to explain that. She doesn't want to sit in the hot seat. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no. well, but she has no, I don't see you, I hope she doesn't feel that way because I don't think she did anything wrong. It could have just been the Tim Haster. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they did anything wrong. No, I don't they, think they they're did not anything called, wrong. They're not called. Right. Exactly. Um, but why were the police on duty 4th of July weekend told that? I think that's something that we're going to have to see if we can get the answers to tomorrow. And if yeah. not, we'll have to inquire further. So stick. make sure you're, make sure if you're listening now that you stick around uh, till tomorrow morning. 508-996-0500. And if you want, you can message us on the WBSM app chat. We did. We were actually talking about, um, we, got, we started talking about this a little bit in the first hour, but I want to talk about it now. There's a lot of activity going on in the state legislature races here in Fairhaven. Well, yep. they all represent New Bedford, right? They, everybody has a piece in New Bedford. But here in Fairhaven, over in Dartmouth, over in Freetown, through Fall River, in a Kushnit, uh, Paul Schmidt's district. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the 10th Bristol District yesterday, how uh, Chairman Strauss, chairman of the Transportation Committee, is up against uh, Rick Trapillo in the Democratic primary, and then we'll have a Republican opponent afterwards. Um, but uh, I think we talked about that pretty thoroughly. I think it's a tall order. Um, you know, there are some opportunities, there are pathways because of the new the new district. But uh, we're looking at uh, Chris Markey, who's got a challenger in Cameron Costa, who is the uh, you know, everybody knows Chris Markey, of course. Uh, Cameron Costa is the son of Melissa Costa, who is on the school committee right now and ran against Brad Markey in Ward 1 uh, previously before. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, so that district is a lot of Dartmouth and then parts of the, it used to be Ward 3, but I think now it's the north end of New Bedford Ward 1. Right. So, uh, which I think allowed Mr. Costa to run. What's your thoughts on that race? Well, I mean, it's a very interesting race. You have a, a, a brand new guy, young guy, yeah. and um, I've been that guy, a young guy, um, running for office. And you have Chris Mark. He was a relatively young guy, really. He's 50 years old or so. Um, before he was in the legislature, he was a assistant district attorney. Right. He's a prosecutor. And he's got some seniority now from being in the House. The question becomes... Does Dartmouth and New Bedford want to replace Chris Markey with a brand new guy? What does this guy bring to the table that Chris Markey doesn't have? Right. Which is sort of the question that people have to ask about Trapilio, right? Yeah. Uh, with Strauss. Now, again, uh, Trapilio has been around a while, but he's, but he's brand new. He's new to politics. He's new sure. to politics, right? Yeah. He's got quite a business resume. Of course. Um, whereas Bill Strauss, who also, Bill Strauss, who also has quite a resume. Uh, is not new, right? He's been around for, for a number of years in the legislature. He's a chairman. Right. My question with any of these races is, what does the challenger bring that the incumbent doesn't have in the Democrat Party? Because these are not, these are not challenges across the aisle. Right, they are within the Democrat primary. They are within the existing power structure. So, if you're a Rick Trapilio or a Cameron Coster, you get elected. How much are you going to change things? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean. You're still going to have to deal with the same speed. With You're almost relying on animosity, right? Because yes. because 
it's because I don't think anybody's expecting a... No, I asked actually Trapillo that. I said, you know, and he thought it was a fair question. Why why vote for... Why would, why would somebody vote for you right. when they have someone with a chairmanship on a very influential committee? You know, he had said, you know, he had said some... His commentary, which you can find actually on WBSM.com. He'd given his commentary on why he thought people would think this of, you know... Uh, Rep, uh, Rep Strauss or Chairman Strauss. People might think that of Chairman Strauss. So you're relying on, I think, the district not liking this person, right? Or thinking or, or having some type of, I think, animosity uh, towards this particular rep. Otherwise, I think it's difficult because people, I think, instinctively have to know, like, you're, you're going in, you're a freshman, right? You're taking, you're doing whatever Ron Mariano wants you to do. And right, you and you're no probably choice. doing that anyway, right? Right. But but what I'm saying is, you're you're doing what the leadership wants you to do, and they're not really listening to what you have to say anyway. So so I think you have to rely on that a little bit. I mean, the question becomes, and it's worked before. Oh, it right? certainly it's, works. It's worked before. I'm not saying it's not workable. It just depends on how the, the district feel about the um about the person in office. So the idea. For me, anyway, that Chris Markey is somehow doing something wrong, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what Cameron Costa needs you to believe. Well, the reality of it is, is that Chris Markey's a very talented guy. He's also, I would say, a normal American. <laughs> I mean, I mean, here's a guy, he's a, he's a, he's a husband, he's a son, he's a father, he is a day to day. He's in the trial courts. He's a lawyer. He's dealing with issues every day. Not only as a member of the legislature. I mean, that's not to say his opponents are abnormal. I don't understand what you mean. Well, what is he expecting to bring to the table yeah. that Chris Markey is not? Chris Markey, to? I think, I think has just has a significant more life experience. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, yeah, in the case of Strauss and Trapilio. Trapilio has a lot of experience, but none politically. Right. He's a business guy. He's created some jobs. Well, but so's Bill Strauss. Bill Strauss has a private sector attorney. Right. He's created a lot of jobs. Yeah. He is responsible for a lot of people's livelihoods, not only as a legislator, but as a member of the community. So when you when you look at all of this. You say to yourself, what is Bill Strauss not doing right now, right? Right. Or what is Chris Markey not doing right now? That these folks think they can do better. Yeah. I have not heard the case. I haven't either. Um, and maybe we will. And, you know, maybe there'll be some some announcements, some press release. I haven't seen a lot in the press, right? And where the press. I haven't seen a right. lot come through here. I haven't seen a lot of big announcements or really a lot of activity around that. I mean, I think Trapillo's been, I've seen his signs, right? I've yeah. seen Trapillo's signs here around town. Um, but uh, there's another race too, which isn't a primary, it's a general between Representative Schmidt, who represents the far north end of New right. Bedford, Freetown, Akushnit, um, goes, you know, through Freetown and connects the Fall River. Um, yeah. Westport. Westport and Westport. It's an he lives in Westport. District. It's it's a, it's, it's a strange district. It's a strange district. Um, but, He's got an opponent. It's what we call gerrymandering. It is what we call gerrymandering. <laughs> right? I agree. No, I totally agree. Uh, he he's got a, a uh, 
he's got that district. Um, he's got a Republican opponent. It might be a more conservative district than than most. Yes. What do What are your thoughts on on whether or not well, Mr. Gendro has a shot? I know he did run against him in, in twenty twenty. So the difference here is that's not a primary, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a general election district. It's a race where if you don't like what the Democrats doing, you have a Republican option. Right. Whereas when you have look at the Strauss race or the Markey race, those are not general. Well, there there is a general election component to the Strauss race, but currently what you're looking at is a primary. So even if you change the person, how much change are you really going to get? Whereas if you change from a Democrat to a Republican, well, you have, at least in theory, a major difference. Right. So do you throw a chairman or a guy who's on the road to being a chairman, in the case of Chris Markey, do you throw them out of office because why? Yeah. Right? So in the case of, let's use our friend, um, Chris Hendricks. He got rid of Bill Strauss, um, um, Bob Kassara. Yeah. But was it a major change? Well, well, that's why he won, right? Because, I mean, honestly, I heard you heard the debate here with Barry when it went on. Right. All former Rep Kazari did was complain about how hard his job was. Right. <laughs> and I said that on the air at the time. Is all he did was like, oh, he has no idea how hard it is. And it's like, well, other people are getting stuff done, right? So, right. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. Is that... Is that something? Can he capitalize on that? Can he capitalize on the, you know, I think a lot of people are trying to hit hammer the the gas tax repeal. And if they're, that's smart politics. Right. I And we talked about it with Montigny and, and his Senator Montigny and his opinion on it, right? Smart politics still don't think it's good policy. Uh, it hasn't worked in states where it's been repealed. But you can, you know, you can hit people on that saying he hasn't repealed the gas tax, right? And that might generate enough, maybe, uh, especially if it's maybe a Republican. I think more so if it's a Republican Democrat type of race uh, might uh, resonate with people a little bit more if it's a more conservative district. Well, and again, when you have um, Bill Strauss and Rick Trapilio, that are, is a much different race than the Costa Markey, right? Yeah. I mean, Costa's a young guy. I don't know what he's done, um, independent of making it run for the legislature. Yeah. I mean, whereas Trapilio, whether you agree with him or not, has had a successful business career. Mm -hmm. He can say, look, you might not like Bill Strauss, or you might like Bill Strauss, but I bring something to the table as a business owner, yeah. right? As someone who's who's worked in industry, who's created jobs. I'm not sure what Mr. Costa really is bringing at this point in his life yeah. to the table. Right. Which I'm not insulting the guy, but... No, it's just you're young. You know, I have a lot, a lot of life experiences. Right. I'm envious of that. That was one of the better times of my life. <laughs> exactly, right? I mean, he's a young guy. Yeah. He's enthusiastic. Right. But does he really bring much to the table right. that Chris Markey doesn't? I, I, I just don't see it.
508-996-0500. Of course, we're taking your messages on the WBSM app chat. We will take a break and we will be right back. 996-0500. Or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. Welcome back to the show. Uh, South Coast tonight. I'm Chris. Uh, I'm, t- I'm not Chris. <laughs> I'm Chris. I am Marcus. And actually, we got a call 508-996-0500. Good afternoon. Thanks for holding. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you? Chris, it sounds wonderful. And Max, great guys. Great show tonight. Thank, Thank you. Donna. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. How do you know it was me? My voice is going crazy. <laughs> so am I. But I, I, I'm, I can tell it's you, Donna. Come on. How have you been? Oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. I've been so worried about you. Dealing with my daughter's death, but was praying for you and praying for you. So the good Lord answered my prayers. Well, I appreciate the prayers, and they worked. Well, well you have a lot of people on your side. Thank I'm you. I'm right there with you. Thank you, you so much, Don. I appreciate it. How have oh, you been? No, I'm dealing. I'm dealing. I'm looking at buying the house, and we are leaving the business. Where are you going? Um, we haven't decided yet. We want to go back to the rest of the state. But Chris, don't worry. You and I can listen to you every night on my phone. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you Glad so much, Glad to hear that. Donna. Thank appreciate you so much, Donna. Appreciate the call. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. A lot of great reception so far in yeah. the first couple of days. I'm really, I'm really like, I'm glad. No, really, I am. And I'm glad that we're able to bring local conversation to this hour. Local conversation, like some breaking news. Right. Actually. Tell us what's going on, Marcus. So, uh, New Bedford police are, uh, this is over in Bay Village. Uh, New Bedford police are investigating a shots fired incident in Bay, Div- uh, in Bay Village. Um, they uh, they responded 7.15 p.m. to a shot spotter activation in the area of South 2nd Street and Howland Street. They said upon arrival, shell casings were located on the scene. There was damage to property. Police said no injuries have been reported. Remains under investigation. That's from Tim uh, Weisberg. So I'd be curious. What is it like? And maybe someone in our audience knows. But the police start pulling up, right? Yeah. I mean, they're looking at... They, all they know is shots are fired, right? They see the gra- they see the rounds, the, the shell casings on the ground. They know someone pulled. In, in other words, they know that someone out there has a gun, and they're firing bullets right in the city of New Bedford. There's no one wounded, right? No, no one's been hit. No, they said no injuries, just some damage to the property, right? And that's not from a lack of trying, right? Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, in other words, what I what I'm saying is that. No one got hit. Right. But they wanted to. In, in all likelihood, unless someone was, you know, just, uh, I don't know, screwing around. Yeah. Target practice. But in all likelihood, that's usually what you assume when right. there's uh, when there's shot, shots fired in a densely populated area. And that is right. That, I mean, that's Bay Village, they yeah, say? Yeah, Bay Village. So a lot of people over there. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were out in the state forest or something like that. They weren't right. out in the woods in Dartmouth. They were in a seriously dense, as you said, a densely, densely populated, populated area. area. Yeah. We're lucky no one got hurt. Right. 
And so we'll we'll get more developments. Uh, hopefully, as the um, as the show goes on, we'll yeah. see if we can get some more developments from from our newsroom and from the uh, New Bedford Police. And uh, we'll stay tuned to that. Or if you have any information, give us a call. Give us a call. Yeah, if you if you know something, if you want to, of course it's unconfirmed. Of course, when it until it comes from the police department. But we right. always appreciate sort of the boots on the ground perspectives. We love speculation. We love speculation. At 508-996-0500. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's actually take uh, another commercial break, and we'll be taking your calls at the other end uh, of the break. So stay tuned. So, Chris, we talked about your column. I'd like to talk a little bit about mine. Yeah. Um, so uh, I have up there, um, it's uh, affordable transportation options available for people with disabilities. Now, the, how I came across this is I'm the chairperson of the Commission on Disability in Fairhaven. Uh, it's a field I work in uh, on a, uh, professionally uh, after I... Um, after I did, you know, criminal law for a while, I've moved to the nonprofit se sector where uh, I work in human services. Right. So uh, I'm the chairperson of the Fairhaven Commission on Disability. We have someone, We ha I mean, we have a, a strong coalition of, of a lot of people, but to include people that actually have mobility differences. Uh, and one member in particular had a hard time getting to the meeting. Uh, had to, I believe, get a car, but then on the way back had some issues uh, on, you know, had issues getting, uh, getting, getting back, getting transportation. They said, you know, Uber, Lyft, third party isn't really good for that because right. one, sometimes they won't take you okay. or two, sometimes they don't have a, um, well, they'll be apprehensive because they don't have a, anywhere to put your, your wheelchair or your mobility apparatus, okay. right? Two, uh, it's cost it's cost prohibitive, mm -hmm. right? So it's very we, expensive. It is. It's, it's Uber's it's, very expensive. I use them, they're very expensive. Yeah, it's expensive. So um, what we have on, uh, and you can find on wbsm.com, and I talked to the people at CERTA. Uh, it's called the Demand Response Program, and it's very, very affordable, uh, a uh, very, very affordable transportation option for. Um, for people that live in the the uh, 10 uh, cities and towns in CERTA's uh, service area, right? If you live in those 10 cities and towns, you're eligible for this. You've got to schedule. I mean, you've, the, the rub is, or not the rub, but the, the conditions are you've got to schedule it ahead of time, right? Right. And, um, you know, you've got to let them know ahead of time if you're, uh, if you're going to cancel for any reason. But uh, it is very, very affordable. Um, it and I talked to the the administrator at CERTA, and it is um, what they um, when I say affordable, like a ten ride pass is like two fifty a trip, right? Two dollars and fifty cents a trip compared to the other options out there. That's very very affordable. Okay. And I talked to the administrator at CERTA, um, and he had said he's quoted in the column. He had said that it's something they're very passionate about, and they're required by law to do it since the early nineties, but they go beyond the scope of what's required. By offering service on Sundays, which a lot of other um, uh, transit authorities don't necessarily do or don't have to do. Okay. And they cover every square inch of their service area. So if you live in one of the 10 communities in CERTA's service area, you can get access to this. And it's outside their, uh, outside of their fixed routes because they're only required to do it for their fixed routes. But they, they do it in every square inch of your service area. So even if you're outside of your, the fixed route and you need to go somewhere that's outside of their fixed routes, you can get the on-demand service uh, with CERTA. So check that out. It's on WBSM and it's on Phone 107. And I really think that's going to be helpful for, for a lot of people. That's why I wrote it.
So, Marcus, no, I, I think it's I think it's fascinating information. So, what you're saying is that if you if you have if you want to go from your house to let's say the Dartmouth Mall, yeah, they'll get you. Yep, and it's free or yeah. two. Two fifty, right? virtually for uh, virtually. ten ride. Ten ride pass. They said it's two fifty per per ride. Ten uh, for a ten ride pass. So um, I think that's pretty good. Uh, I think it's a pretty good deal. Again, especially considering how much the third party um, rides are. And of course, you, what you got to do is you got to fill out a you know you got to fill out an application too. You got to get it signed by your doctor. Your doctor's important. Got to get yeah. it signed by your doctor. And if you're going to bring a PCA, you got to you got to let them know uh, about that as well. So those are the few things you got to keep in mind. So we'll be uh, we'll be on the the other uh, side of this hour talking to you at 508-996-0500 about this and some other things that are going on. So stay tuned.